0: Oh, Holy Father, thank you. Oh, God, exalt your holy name. Exalt your holy name, my God, in the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Amen. Thinking back, I'm not sure exactly where we met for the first time. Come to think of it, I may have known her my entire life. She is persistent and loyal and yet cruel and hateful. She embraces me with the arms of a tyrant. Her mother is destruction, her father torment, her sister depression and her brother worry. She can't be seen with the naked eye and yet I know her intimately. She can't be heard with the ear and yet I know that her desires for me and for me alone. She pursues me tirelessly like a lion in the thicket. Just as the crops pine for the late season rains, so she pines for me. There is meat between her teeth. Her tongue cuts like a razor. There is blood in her mouth. It is her joy to tear and devour and for some very strange reason. It has always been my pleasure to oblige her. Anxiety has had her heart set on me for as long as I can remember. I've lost jobs in her name. I've forsaken friends at her call. Because of her presence within my heart, I've known fear all the day long. She meets me with my morning coffee and she tucks me in at night. Then we rendezvous in my dreams if she feels like allowing me to sleep. Sometimes I wonder, am I alone? I feel alone. My mind's voice tells me that I'm alone. It says, Stu, the whole rest of the world is normal, but not you. You're broken, different, without hope. So I ask myself, when have you ever met anyone who is as wrecked with anxiety and worry as you are? And I respond to myself, never. Is there anyone else who knows the torment of the anxiety-ridden soul, the sleepless nights, the doctor's visits, The overabundance of negative thoughts as the wheels incessantly grind within my head. The suicidal thoughts. Don't judge me, I just need peace. Could it be that I am the only person on earth who knows her abusive ways? Sometimes I do wonder, but I think not. Because there is no end to her appetite and she welcomes all who will accept her invitation. The problem is, her invitation is deception. It says love, but there is hate. It says truth, but there are lies. I give her my heart without even realizing it. As the coronavirus makes its way around the world, some people are finding themselves overcome by anxiety and worry and fear. A new burden for some old news for others. We know that there's a certain fear that is healthy. for the Bible says we should fear the Lord, right? Blessed is the one who fears the Lord always proverbs twenty-eight fourteen, but today i'm not talking to those of us who know fear according to the will of god the fear of the lord is life and peace the fear that i'm talking about today is the child of doubt akin to anxiety and worry i'm speaking to those of us whom satan has sought out to devour since the day we were born i'm speaking today to those of us who have a great need the need for clarity the need for peace the need for deliverance, the need for deliverance from the great oppressor of men, anxiety. The truth is, the voice of my anxious thoughts, which were once a scream, are today for me but a whisper, a perpetual reminder of my own great need, my own need for a deliverer. Proverbs 12.25 says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down. To those of us who are overcome by anxiety and worry life has indeed become a burden you and i we overthink everything we worry then we worry about worrying then we worry because we worry about worrying it is as though we are trudging through the muck in search of solid ground even minute by minute but we are lost and it is dark and the feeling of hopelessness permeates every move requiring way more energy And weigh more thought than it should. Anxiety can indeed be an unbearable weight. Many people have destroyed themselves because they were unable to shoulder the burden of it. But who can? I cannot. I know that I cannot. It is only a matter of time and I will be broken. Shattered by the voice of the taskmaster inside my head telling me that I'm worthless. Or I can't. Or if you are the child of God, why do you feel this way? Why has God left you alone to suffer endlessly at the hands of such a brutal slave driver? Second Peter 2.19 says, For by what a man is overcome, by this he is enslaved. Yes, I am the slave who is bruised by that which has overcome me, my cursed love, anxiety. I hear clearly the question inside my head, Isn't that hateful voice within your heart the one thing that God should change? The one thing God should fix? I'm not asking for riches. I'm not asking for houses or cars. Just peace. So where is he? Where is my God who says that he loves me? I felt as though I was the ant under the magnifying glass. Writhing in torment and being scorched by the ways of this life. This is how I thought, for I was so confused. But who amongst the souls of the anxiety-ridden is not confused? There was not a scale on earth that could support the weight that I felt in my heart. The heaviness was a deep ocean, immeasurable. Let us delve a little more into the problem. Matthew fourteen twenty-eight through 31 Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, You have little faith, why did you doubt? Notice that Jesus did not address Peter's fear. He addresses Peter's lack of trust, Peter's doubt. Listen to it one more time. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, You have little faith, why did you doubt? Peter's fear was the manifestation of Peter's doubt. Doubt is the root, fear is the branch. The fear is what shows itself to the world. The doubt cannot be seen. The doubt lives in the dark recesses of the heart, hidden, infiltrating that mysterious place within us. So you've heard this before. As long as Peter kept his attention fixed on the Lord of glory, not only was he succeeding, but he was succeeding at doing the impossible, walking on water. And we know that all things are possible to him who believes. Isn't this what Mark 9.23 says? But seeing the wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. You see, Peter made a snap judgment based on what his eyes saw and what his ears heard. Doubt began to seep in as Peter could not help but give his heart to what he perceived as his destruction. Peter's perception of his circumstances took control of his heart. What faith he had was chased away as the morning sun chases away the dark of night. Because he took his eyes off of the Lord of glory and put them on to the tempestuous storms of life. When Peter took his eyes off of the truth, which will always be the word of God, he became aware of the lie, his own perception of his circumstances apart from the word of God. Oh, how deceiving the circumstances of life can be. But the circumstances of life are not truth. As a matter of fact, often circumstance and truth are polar opposites. The circumstances say that you are poor, but God has said you are rich. Your circumstances say that you are weak, but God has said you are strong. Your circumstances say that you have fallen. But God is able to make you stand. Your circumstances say that you have lost, but you have already won. Your circumstances say that you are without father or mother, but God has said, I have taken you up as my own, sweet child. You may be hungry, but you are filled. You may feel alone, but God is right at your side. Your circumstances declare your death, but God has said, Behold, you are alive, born again because of the power of my spirit through my son, Jesus Christ. This is precisely why King David could say, Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this I shall be confident. Psalm 27.3 And again he says, I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me round about. Psalm 3, 6. David understood that appearances mean nothing. The only thing that matters is what did God say. This is what is true. This is what is the truth. The way we perceive our circumstances will flat out lie to us, deceive us, if we are not taking into account God's word toward us. You see, when Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water, Noticing the violence of the wind and the waves, he began to doubt. He began to doubt whether or not he could do what Jesus told him that he could do. And because he gave his heart to doubt, instead of trusting Jesus, fear pounced. He quickly forgot it was Almighty God who told him to step out of the boat and onto the water. Without realizing it, he was telling Jesus that the circumstances were now in control, not him. He was telling the Lord that the circumstances were what was real, what was true, not the Lord's word who said, Come to me, Peter. Oh, that hideous seed which was planted into our hearts at the fall of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Doubt, and when nourished and cared for, knowingly or unknowingly, this glorious seed becomes a great and mighty tree with roots descending from the heart of man into the very depths of Sheol itself. Growing tall and producing bountiful fruit, the fruit of fear, the fruit of anxiety, and the fruit of worry. So in a world with so much to be feared, so much to be anxious about, not that we need anything to be anxious about, if there is anyone else in this world who is like me, well then you know anxiety doesn't need a reason. Doubt doesn't need a reason, it's just there, overwhelming the heart and overflowing. Oh, Father, I pray for those of us who know this sort of torment, that you lift us from the mire and place our feet upon the rock, who is Jesus Christ. Oh, God, what do we do? Father, where do we turn? What good word do you have, O oh, God, for a wretched man like me? Rejoice! Says God Almighty, rejoice, Philippians 4, four. Draw near to me in prayer, says my Holy Father, Philippians 4.6. Offer up to me a sacrifice of thanksgiving, says the mighty King, Philippians 4.6. And then says the one and only God, The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus, Philippians 4, 7. So God says, be anxious for nothing, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Be anxious for nothing. In what world can human beings who have so much to worry about be anxious for nothing? But in everything by prayer and supplication, says the Lord. So we pray. And if we are anxious all the day long, then we pray all the day long. So what we perceive as a curse, our relentless negative thinking, God is called a blessing. Why? Remember what we discussed a moment ago the circumstances of life versus the truth the circumstances say we are a broken man or a broken woman but God has said our great need our great need for peace and deliverance will bring us into his very throne room this very night what has been our torment God will use for our glory what Satan means to use to destroy us almighty God will use to build us up and strengthen us remember Perception, circumstance, truth. So God wants us to pray when we feel anxious, but not just to pray, but to pray with thanksgiving. It's not that God wants us to be thankful that we are consumed by anxiety, fear, and worry. No, he wants us to be thankful because in truth we have so much to be thankful for. For he has called us out of darkness into his marvelous Light in Jesus Christ, for he has given us a kingdom which could not be shaken in Jesus Christ, for he has crushed his own son, Jesus Christ, so that we would no longer be called enemies of God, but beloved children of God. He has gone to prepare a place for us that where he is, there we may be also. He has poured out hope on the hopeless. He has showered love upon the loveless, and he has given strength to the weary. He embraces those who are needy, and I am oh so needy before my God. He hears the cries of the orphan, and he binds up the wounds of the brokenhearted. We come before God with thanksgiving because of what is true, what is the truth. Not because our lives appear to be perfect, circumstance, truth. We as men and women of God have so much to be thankful for, we just don't always see it. Like Peter, instead of keeping our eyes on Jesus, we place them on to the circumstances of life, the wind and the waves. All we see is the storm being overcome by fear as Peter was, not realizing the truth that we are perfectly safe, hedged in and cared for by Almighty God through Jesus Christ, our glorious Savior. So rejoice! In the Lord always, again, I will say rejoice, Philippians 4.4. Because when my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolations delight my soul. Psalm 94.19. Yes, rejoice in the Lord, saith the Apostle Paul. And even in the midst of the raging storm, your consolations, your comforts delight my soul, says the psalmist. The heart that refuses to take its eyes off of the Lord Jesus Christ is the heart that will be able to rejoice in every situation. This is the heart that will know what it means to be anxious for nothing. This is the heart that will feel delight at the presence of God even in the midst of the great storms of life. Why? Because this is the heart that believes him. This is the heart that trusts him. This is the heart that has cast doubt to the wind and has wrapped itself in the garment of faith and trust, believing God and believing his word. So we pray because he listens and we rejoice because he is good. And even when anxious thoughts multiply within us, we find great delight in him for he is a great treasure. How is it, O God, that you have allowed me to find you? or rather to be found by you, wretched man that I am. The man or woman who finds joy enough to rejoice and faith enough to delight in Jesus, even in the midst of the great storms of life, this man cannot be shaken. This woman will not be moved because you have decided today to trust Jesus. So earlier I told you that what appears to be a curse is often turned into blessing. By the wisdom of our Holy Father. So my fear has driven me to my knees. This is great. My anxiety has guided me to my wonderful Savior. This is unbelievably great. And my worry has created in me a great need. A need that has energized me to go in pursuit of Almighty God who is my help, my Father, and my strength. This is absolutely phenomenal circumstance, truth. So would I be more blessed if I had no problems at all? Or am I more blessed because I know that I am a broken man in need of help? God will never cast off the broken spirit. No, but he pursues us. God rents mountains to appear before these souls. He will gather in the weary and the broken as a mother hen gathers in her chicks and he will place us in the safety of the shadow of his wings. So do you see what my fears and my anxiety and my broken spirit and my great need for help has done for me? Destroyed me? No. It has driven me to the Savior of this world, my great Father and King, Jesus Christ. So you tell me, who's blessed, who's cursed? So as the storms of this life pound on us at every turn, we choose today to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. We will not be moved by circumstance because we choose today to give our hearts to the truth. And what is the truth? Instead of fear, there will be prayer and thanksgiving. Instead of worry, we will rejoice. And instead of anxious thought, we will choose to delight in our great God because as long as we keep our gaze fixed on him, the wonderful, the beautiful Jesus Christ, friends, we can walk on water. Praise the Lord. Sing along with me if you know this one.
1: crimson stain he washed it white as snow